Welcome to 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. On 3 In, 3 Out, we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game, the nooks and crannies, if you will, because that's what fanatics do. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bonn. And I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz and find him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, Flock, let's dive into the sober yin and raging yang that is three in, three out. Go Hawks. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to another episode of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast on the planet. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Brandon, it was kind of an interesting night, Brandon. There were ups, there were downs, there were lefts, there were rights. We did the hokey pokey, we turned everything around. At the end of the night, Brandon, we wake up. What's our record? Five and oh. Five, Hawaii five oh all of a sudden, right? El Cid Fernandez style for the Mets fans out there. Five and oh after a a a, a roller coaster of a game. Emotionally, I'm not even sure I'm ready to, to check into things quite yet. However, we have a job to do on three in, three out. We're here to do it. Brandon, so I, the, the listeners out there, I think they know by now that we have we have these guidelines. We got the sober yin, the raging yang, and yet. We are just governed. There's one governing body, one rule for three and three out. Brandon, I always, it seems to like every week, I just, I, it slips my mind. But Brandon, I know you know it. What is the one rule on three in, three out? I know this, Clinton, because you are my sensei. You are my Mr. Miyagi. And you have Mr. Miyagi this show down to one rule. Just how rule number one is karate is for defense. And the second rule of karate is to learn rule number one. The one rule in three in, three out is when we win, we start with an in. We are starting with an in again, five and oh. So we start with an in and it, I got to say, it seems like there is only winning in this dojo, Brandon. So why don't we get to it right away? Let's get to that first in after a big 27 to 26 battle over the Vikings where the Seahawks took it home. And we are once again going streaking. Let's get out there. Let's go to the quad. Everybody's doing it. All right, everybody. So I am Clinton Bonner, your host. You can find me on Twitter at Clinton Bonner. And of course, find Brandon Schultz at Seahawkers Pod. But we are starting. Let's get back to it, though. Let's get back to, you know, back to reality. We're starting with it in. Brandon, I'm, I'm digging. Um, this game to me, this game to me was was not one in, in the in the big dramatic plays. This game to me was that this is that wet, soaking game of inches type game. So my first in, Brandon, gonna gonna wet the canvas like Bob Ross for you. 13 to nothing, 11.50 to go in the third quarter. We stopped the Vikes on their first drive of the quarter. They're punting from about their own 15-yard line. The punter bombs it from about his own six. The ball travels 60-plus yards in the air. And who's getting that first in? David Moore. He, he has to, first of all, backtrack. They tell you, in little, I coach a little league. Don't don't backtrack. If you got to backtrack, open your hips and go track down the ball. He starts backtracking. My heart starts racing. I'm a Little League coach. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big time championship Little League coach. I see an athlete backtracking, but then he opens up his hips. He say, hey, Willie's for the second week in a row, calling out Willie Mays Hayes or just the great Willie Mays, catches the ball, then composes himself does a little wiggle, makes the first man miss, and goes up the right sideline to the 42-yard line for like a 15-yard punt return. Brandon, 
That ball gets over that dude's head. It's going to get pinned probably at the 10-yard line, the 15-yard line. We're talking about a 25, 27, maybe even a 30-yard delta. Down 13 to nothing. That play was gigantic. It's the first in. And once again, it's David Moore stepping up and earning it. Hey, I'm never going to complain when an in goes to David Moore and on a special teams play like that. Yes, when when it's in the rain and the ball is sailing that far on a punt, I mean, you can't really put it on him for expecting that it's going to come up short. So the fact that he was able to track that down and do, like you said, over the shoulder style, catch it and then get some yardage upfield, uh, a nice little play by David Moore. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was it was. Super special because, like you said, it is windy. It is pouring rain out there. And I think you're exactly right. I don't think you expect a punter to bomb it quite that far. You know, 60-plus yards in the air where you got to backtrack on a ball that dramatically. And then his momentum took him back three or four more yards after he caught the ball because he just had to get in position. So I just think he did everything he had to do that was right there. And he made a really, really high-difficulty high play. And then, Brandon, it's also about... I know people are like, there's no such thing as momentum. And, and every single time I want to like slam their face in the dirt and say, you're an idiot. Of course, there's momentum because a couple of plays later, we got that beautiful floater down the left-hand side to Uncle Will. And we're right back in the game at 13 to seven. That this play, this punt return, just making the catch and getting positive yards to me was pretty much the, the first sign of life where it was like, wow, we could come back in this game. And boy, did we. It kicked it all off, and yes, that play down the sideline to Will Disley was a pass of beauty, and it did. It it really kicked off probably the most exciting five minutes of Seahawks football that I can remember because just being so down, and I think of momentum in terms of energy, and my energy yeah. probably after that three and out was at an all-time low in this game. To go from that to what I was feeling after three straight touchdowns, my energy went from all the way at the bottom, all the way back to the top. And, and, and then it went back down again. It was, it was an incredibly maddening game in terms of my energy level. But I tell myself all the time, tr just try not to complain when the Seahawks win. Yeah. Yeah. Try, try not to complain. And the, the thing of it is on three and three out, sometimes we got, you know, we got to head over to the other side of the ledger and talk about the things that weren't so great. So let's hop over there now because let's go complain. Let's go complain some. Okay, Brandon. So we're five and no, we take down a, a team that I think is much better than their record dictates, or at least, at least somewhat better than their record dictates and talk about dictating. They, they controlled the game. Let's, let's just call, you know, Call a square a square, call a peg a peg. I don't know what the saying is, Brandon, clearly, but you call the thing what the thing is, and the Vikings should have won the game. But but that's say the cookie crumbles and we're we're walking away with the W, but we're on the outside the ledger. The thing I want to I want to ask you a question. Uh, it's we're not we're not really close to Valentine's Day, right? It's we're pretty far away from Valentine's Day. Last you checked? We're we're somewhere in the midway point, I think. Yeah, which is pretty much as far away as you can get, right, from Valentine. We're pretty far away from Valentine's Day. So, Brandon, do you think Russell's in love with somebody? Like DK? Is Russell in love with DK Metcalf? I mean, it wouldn't be that hard. I, I mean, I'm kind of in love with DK. I understand this, and I, and I understand this completely. However, I want to bring the out to the, to the, uh, the argument that I think our quarterback is a little too head over heels with DK, and the evidence being... Where's Tyler Lockett? 
Wait, wait, wait. Are you giving the out to the argument or to our quarterback, Russell Carrington Wilson? No, no. This Russ doesn't wear this. I, DK is an easy man to love. So this is not about this is not a Russ thing. I do think he's drank, you know, drank, drank, he drank in an elixir, a little magic love potion number nine over here. And I think he's just seeing the world through only DK goggles, though, is my is my my challenge. Now I haven't seen the all 22s. I you know, just have not seen the coaches film that's out there. I like folks who maybe are looking at that. Is it, it's either one of two things. Either Tyler Lockett is just not getting open. He wasn't schemed well, in which case Shoddy could wear it. Or Russell, the love muscle, drank a lot of love potion number nine, and all he sees is DK. The out for me is just the glaring, where is Tyler Lockett? Where is the middle of the field? Why is everything pushed to the sidelines? Why are we not working, you know, mediocre linebackers? Why are we not just bringing things on crossing patterns? Two weeks in a row, Tyler has just disappeared. To me, it's like, he has got to be a big part of our game plan. And yet, two weeks in a row, he's, he's pretty much Kaiser Sose. He's just, I, I, how do you make the, the vanishing sound? That wasn't it. But <laughs> however you make the vanishing sound, he's got, I, for those watching who's nobody, I kind of did a sh- an awkward chef's kiss. Not great. But back to it, Brandon. Which doesn't, the heck- doesn't really, uh, <laughs> which I don't think the chef's kiss even demonstrates a disappearing motion either. So this, I think you needed to go like the ninja ball of smoke like ninja turtle style and you you whiffed on that even visually with me yeah i I blew it there's i got one one audience member and i blew it but but to you brandon where the heck is tyler lockett what's going on yeah this might be a question for shoddy the visor why is tyler lockett not getting involved more often and especially in a game like this and i did see some times where i thought maybe the that Russell felt the pocket collapsing a little bit too quickly, where if he would have hit Tyler, you know, as he hit his back foot uh, in his drop, then maybe he would have been involved a little bit more. And so, you know, maybe Russ does have to wear it in a sense. Maybe the offensive line has to wear it in a sense of this one, because Russ was under pressure uh, a little bit more than we've seen in previous games. The end result, though, I would agree with it. That is that Tyler Lockett needs to be involved in this team and and in this offense more. And I'd like to see it early. You know, we this was this was another game where I wanted to see anything early in this game. Well, because we saw nothing. True, true true fact. And for me, a big reason for that is a a lack of Lockett. I, I I don't want a lack of Lockett. I want a lot of Lockett. I want a whole lot of Lockett. And what did we get? A little dump off pass for to end the first half was Lockett's first catch. It was like a, you know, a nothing, just a little eight yard, just totally open, like harmless play because we were at like our own 35 yard line. We couldn't even throw a Hail Mary. I think that was his first catch of the game. Now it was nice, but you know, it is kind of nice to see even maybe the love potion wears off a little bit, but when Russ did that pirouette late in the game and he, and he had the little floater, that was, that was good old number 16 coming across to get a big, big first down and take that for about 18 yards or so. I just want to see Lockett way more often. I'm not going to kill Freddie Swain. I like what I see from Freddie Swain, but he's getting wide receiver screens. The one time they did scheme open that beautiful play to lock it on that screen. That was a gorgeous, gorgeous dial up. I love that play. I, I just want more. I want to, I want a whole lot of lock it and I'm not getting nearly enough of him, Brandon. So I'm frustrated. You're, you're taking your frustration out on DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson, all the, all the man bro love that he has for him in the post game show. I understand, but DK Metcalf in this game, I, for him to 
get the fourth and 10 clutch play down oh, the sideline for him to get the touchdown in the end zone at the end of the game. Hey, if that's what that, if that's what that connection results in, I, I, I who am I to step in between Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf? Yeah, well, it's it's a true love connection. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm there for it. I'm there for it. I, I guess I just got to stop complaining. What do you say we come back uh, two and two? Little Woolery style. Nice. Okay, Brandon, we're back on the fun side. The, 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 maybe it's the yin, maybe it's the yang. I know that's the that's probably the biggest mystery in this entire show. Is, it's is the it yang. Sober? The raging yang is the in. That's the end. Okay. It's just more fun, right? So it's, it's, you know, kind of a blondes have more fun type thing. It's the raging yang. You decided it. Thank you. That's, that's now the law. I love it. We didn't talk a lot about this guy last week, although he was impeccable. Now, chef's kiss. See how I learned? I did it the right (laughs) time. You did it right that time. Look at that. I'm, I'm learned. And we didn't talk too much about him last week and he was impeccable. This week, I thought he was darn good but he had a huge play. So it's 10, nothing it's late second quarter and cousins dials up a little floater down the right-hand side to Thielen and oh man, oh man, Shaq Griffin, just a beautiful, beautiful play comes over the top at the very last second, knocks away what would be a sure touchdown would have put them up 17, nothing. We get the field goal, keep them to 13, nothing. And it was just that first glimmer for me to be like, all right, this game is not out of reach yet. Now, I knew we'd come out and run the ball three straight times. Wait a second. I didn't know that. But the point the point being, that play was gigantic, beautifully done. We're seeing it now week in, week out, where, where Griffin is just making beautiful pass breakups. I love that play so much. It's not getting talked about a lot. Got to be an in for me. A beautiful pass breakup on third and seven. And yeah, going for the end zone and and maybe not the most beautiful because he didn't actually get his hand on the ball, but he actually he he was there in position enough to distract Thielen for it to go off of his fingertips. And, and so I think it goes in the books as a pass breakup that could have been a dagger for the Seahawks had Thielen caught that pass and and he had a relatively big day. So for Griffin to come up with it in in the moment, definitely in worthy. Yeah, and by the way, I'm going to just reject everything you said about him not breaking it up because I didn't see it. You know, I just saw the first play. I didn't go back and rewatch he, he that. Kind of, he did a swipe with his arm, and he—I don't think his his hand physically touched the football. But. So in my in my mind, he definitely touched it, and then he probably <laughs> intercepted it, and then he spiked it, and he's like, "I don't even want the interception. I just I want the pass breakup." That's how I saw it, at least. But I do think it. But again, to your your point. The, the the actual point you made uh, is it was about the moment. It was it, this is this is as down as the team had been. Again, you, you got to factor in what's these are star athletes. What's going on in their brains in the middle of an empty stadium? Is is that even part of it? Like sitting there thinking it would be absolutely bananas with the twelves going nuts, but yet there's no crowd noise and they have to be so honed in. And for the most part. We're getting our butts whooped on both sides of the coin the entire first half. And he still makes what is like, you know, it just it is an all pro play on their WR1. So love what I saw from Shaq. It just he's maybe after a week or two, a week and a half of a little bit, little bit of a rocky start for Shaq. He has been on fire for a couple of weeks straight now. What was a little bit interesting? It was Griffin traveling with Thielen in this game, because if you think back to the play where 
Thielen scored and it looked like it was KJ Wright who was on him, but it was because yes. Griffin slipped as uh, Thielen broke out toward the uh, the pylon there at the goal line. It was uh, it was Griffin playing on the opposite side that you normally see him on. That's a great call out. I didn't realize he was traveling with him, which I think makes it that much more impressive. You know, Justin Jefferson did a couple of nice things, but didn't have a huge game by any means. And when when it looked like KJ Wright got burnt, I was literally typing into my, my notes. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, why is why is our linebacker on their WR1? And you rightfully pointed out he wasn't, you know, uh, you know, Shaq just kind of which I got scared. I thought Shaq busted up his groin the way it looked. I was like, oh man, he he just, you know, he's gonna land on the IR for a few weeks, but he shook it off. What a great route by, by the way, by, uh, by Thielen there. It's just reminiscent of like, don't, Ball. don't go giving our opponents credit. Come on. Listen, Quinn. we won the game. We, we won the game. We give him a little, <laughs> a little, you know why it's nice to give him a little bit of credit. I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because when you go and you beat a team like, oh, I don't know, like the Miami Dolphins. And then the very next week, the, oh, I don't know. Miami Dolphins beat the crap out of, uh, who was it again? The San Francisco 49ers put such a hurting on them that they have to bench Jimmy B. Good. That's why I give a little bit of credit. I give to gain. I know I am. I'm, this is not like, what's that word when you're selfless? What's that word? Altruistic. This is not altruism flowing through. It's to set up future Hawkra for us to take it back. Thank you to all of the Miami Dolphins who tuned in last week and heard Clinton picking them up so that they could go in and get that win against the 49ers. Part of that, you you own some of that win over the 49ers, Clinton. I felt I did. Well, congrats to you, Clinton. Congrats to the Miami Dolphins and congrats to our Seattle Seahawks. But we got to come back. We do have one more of our usual ins and, you know, you know, we're going to get to more and we have two outs. We'll get to those coming up next. All right, Brandon, we are back on the outside of the ledger on three in, three out. Okay, like some of these, some of these outs that I got that I got cooking here. I got two of them that I know are going to be talked about a bit. But again, those who follow three in, three out that listen to this on on the field goals podcast, we like to get again and get into those micro moments we talk about. We like to talk about singular plays, singular moments that really change things up. And this one's like a singular frustration for me. So we know what Dixon did. Dixon was out of his mind. Fantastic. We know that there was some frustrations punting at, you know, places around the field that maybe you just don't punt from. And maybe we'll talk more about that later. But after one of those punts, so now we're starting the fourth quarter, first play of the fourth quarter. It's third and five. We're now up 21 to 19. Third and five. We got them back by the goal line. And once again, Ken Norton dials up a rush play. And I'll put that in quotes, a rush play. Do you recall how many people we decide to rush on third and five down the goal line when we still have the momentum in this game? Another three-man rush. Another three-man rush. A three-person, at least it wasn't a two-person rush like we saw last week where Fitzmagic could just escape for 12, you know, 10, 12 yards somehow, some way. But another three-man rush in a situation that just doesn't call for it. And it's it's also at a time where I believe I believe Dunbar is off the field because he was off the field for a little bit and Flowers was getting picked on. He was getting picked on like multiple times in, in a series and you know sometimes play after play 
And in this particular play, Flowers is playing way too deep off his guy and they easily convert and they start moving the chains. It's just, I don't get it. I liked what I saw from, from the line. It was hard not to, our defensive line got pressure. We brought four dudes. We brought five dudes. Sometimes Neil was coming you know, off the edge to do his best Jamal Adams. We did not actually have an issue getting QB hits and getting pretty good, consistent pressure. But then we go rush three people. What is going on? It seems like this is the thing to do for them when it's third and kind of that middle distance is that, well, even third and long in some situations. I feel like we've seen it in this season where they want to drop more people back into coverage. And it does it can make it difficult on the quarterback. But gosh, when you give him all kinds of time anyway, and then it was frustrating. <laughs> that's that's the best I can say about it. And we've seen it multiple times this year that that has not worked for them. So stop doing what's not working. That's not yes. that hard. <laughs> stop, stop doing dumb things, right? Do, do, do non-dumb things more often. And we're hitting our bye week and is we're Kirk Cousins better when you give him pressure or is he better when he has all day to throw? And yeah. I think we know the answer to that. Yeah. Is Kirk Cousins more like Jimmy Garoppolo with or without pressure? The answer is he's more like Jimmy G with pressure, right? So it's just dial it up, you know, and, and I, I was encouraged. We saw a good amount of Shaquem, you know, Shaquem had, he was in the game early, then he was kind of gone for a while, then he came back late. Yeah, it was, he was, he kind of missed the second stanza. He was there for the first period, the third period. He was kind of off the field for the second stanza, which, which was, which was just interesting. And with that, I like that we saw more of him. I like that we were doing a good amount of stunts, but come on, Ken, come on, dude. Like, we get these guys pinned at their goal line after some delicious looking punts and amazing special teams plays. Just just go go bigger. Go bigger. Put some pressure in these dudes' faces. Get hands in their faces and let Kirk Cousins do Kirk Cousins things, which is just like Jimmy Garoppolo. I would love to see this team send six guys on a blitz on third down near the goal line and give up a 12-yard pass, yeah. then rushing three. I'm with you hundred percent because all right, I, I know the whole philosophy. Don't get burnt deep and all that jazz. It's like a third and five. Kirk Cousins is not Russell Wilson. He's not going to try the 45 yard floater bomb down the side, like rookie of the year style. He's not going to try that. He's going to just take the, some sort of easy out if he has it there. And if you blitz six dudes, if you bring six guys and you get some hands in his face, I just guarantee you. Your, the percentages will forever be in your freaking favor if you just put some heat on dudes like Jimmy Garoppolo. And Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I know, but I want to keep saying Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, Brandon, we are at the third, the crucial. Well, we actually don't put any weight on that, but they still feel weighted. We're at the big third. And and everybody back waits on, the, on the third one because they're on pins and needles knowing, is my favorite one going to be Clinton's third in? And you know I don't what? even it, know if we've gotten... The inniest cranny of the ends. We we may have you know time will tell time will tell. This is this is this is an emotional show, Brandon. We know this is not about the X's and O's. We're not talking about twelve personnel and others. You know, football-y terms. This is raw emotion in this show, which is I think why people kind of dig it because at the end of the day, I, I'm, not, I'm not an X's and O's expert. However, what I do what I do know for this third in is when I see a player make a just a a unbelievable defensive play in the most crucial of crucial of crucial moments in a game 
where I didn't think the dude was all that good and I've been ragging on the guy for quite a bit, man, I got to give some love to Barton. I have got to give mm. that last in to Cody Barton because on that fourth and friggin' inches play, man, oh man, yeah, I know, I know that it goes in the in the stat book as as a Bobby Wagner tackle, deservingly so. Beautiful job getting over there. However, Cody Barton blows up CJ Ham, the fullback, blows him up so badly that he goes crashing backwards. Is that Madison at that point? Who who was in the game for uh for the bikes? Yes, Madison, Madison would have been okay. yep, on the carry there. There you go. So he goes, he blasts the dude backwards, not just stands him up. If he just stands him up. Madison's going to get the, you know, the six inches there. No doubt. No doubt about it. Literally blast the dude backwards. Madison crashes into the back of ham, you know, almost like butt fumble with a uh, Mark Sanchez style. And he just is like deadened. He just hit all his momentum just stopped. And then, and then uh, Wagner just sees it comes crashing down and just puts, puts the finishing touches on that tackle. It's freaking huge, man. It's just freaking huge. I know Barton had his struggles out there, tons of tackles, but at the same time, not really all that good out there. You know what? Second year, Barton, Cody, that's your in, dude. You blew up the player in the biggest spot in the game. You in, you win it, you own it. That's your in, dude. I like to think of, you know, because a lot of people pointing out on that play just how much room there was to the right side of the fullback and that if, if Madison just would have bumped it out to the right a little bit, that it would have been, you know, essentially a walk-in score. I am believing in my heart of hearts, much like how you were believing that Shaq Griffin got his hand on that pass to Adam Thielen. Yeah, I believe did, yeah. that Barton blew back the fullback ham so far that Madison had no choice but to cut it inside, that he didn't think he had room out there because Barton laid such a lick on the guy in front of him. So I totally agree with you on, on Barton getting the deserving in here. There's probably going to be a lot of Travis Homer fans uh, that are upset that he didn't get this final in, but I'm sure we'll get to talk about him more too. Yeah, I think, I think we will. There's, 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 this was just a weird ass game to, to kind of keep a ledger on for me because there was so much, th this was, did you have juicy. any ins through? Well, I guess you did have one in, in the first half. No, I did. I had others that I had to take off that I thought were actually pretty good. It was it was just one of those where I actually didn't have that many outs compiling up because it was like some of just obvious stuff that's been kind of been pissing us off, you know, like the last example. But I thought there were a lot of like I would call them like smaller heroes in this game. You know, Travis Homer, you just mentioned. Maybe we'll talk about that later. We talked Barton. Obviously, KJ had a freaking day out there, but I don't want to get too too far ahead of the game here. We still got we still got one more in. Everybody knows that. We got the brand in, which has become my favorite in because I don't know what you're gonna say. But before we do that, let's get to that stupid last out we gotta do because you know it's our format. Ugh. All right, here we go. There we go. Now, Let's do it. Let's get this out of the way so we can get back to an end. We're five and zero. Oh, you know, we and, and I concocted this thing a couple of years ago. We're like, oh, we're gonna have this great balance of ins and outs, and it's gonna be this, you know, universal. You know, uh, I'm talking like Doctor Teeth all of a sudden, brother. But the, but I, but the thing that I want to point out here is again for me, Brandon is like, it's another frustrating one in the sense that. What were we doing just in general? What was that drive where we punted? We ended up punting from the 40, but we ran the draw on third and long. I know it's obvious. I know everyone's going to be screaming about that one or typing that one into Twitter. What was the philosophy there? What were we trying to do? 
Like that's the out for me is the draw is so ill-timed. What were we trying to accomplish? Were we trying to get into zone that Dixon could pin a guy at the one? Was Because if we were trying that, this is the greatest thing of all time. I'll tell you that much. It's the greatest thing we ever did because we did exactly that. But what the freak were we thinking just not trying to get a little bit closer down to like the 30 to get into a, you know, a average field goal position. What was that? I think this was the moment in the game where I said, if we're deciding that we're going to punt on fourth down anyway, why not just punt on third down? Because that's that's exactly what it felt like with that play call at that particular moment. It, I, and I know we don't have to spend too much time on this one, I don't think, because I think this was more like... Usually I like the, the nooks, the crannies. This one was 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 the toaster oven. It was an entire packaging of English Thomas's muffins in there and a whole slathering of butter ready to go. Maybe a little bit of jam because you like the sweet and the salty. And with all that, like it, it was so freaking glaring to me that I was like, you know what? We have to talk about this. We have to talk about how dumb that was. And it just didn't, it was almost, it was almost as dumb, almost as dumb as not kicking a field goal to go up by eight. Almost as dumb as that. Now, I think the worst series for me, Clinton, was oh, where I know where you're going. I know where you're going, <laughs> where we had three straight plays of going backwards, uh, a handoff to Carson that was stuffed six yards in the backfield. Oh, no, that was a, it was a pass uh, yes. and that Carson should just have swatted down to the ground. And then Russ gets sacked for eight yards. And then, you know, he gets another sack. It was technically maybe he was stepping in the pocket, still looking to to maybe run, maybe throw downfield when Ngakwe takes him down from behind. And it ends up going in the books as a one-yard sack. But three straight plays, three straight plays in quarter number two where they go negative yardage. I mean, if we really want to be honest, we played about six and a half minutes of of good football. You know, the defense played better sporadically. So, and obviously they were out there for a long, long time. And they only gave up 26 points, which is not that much in, in today's NFL. It's just that's not you usually can win those games. Hence, we're five and oh. But what did we play? Five, six minutes of, of good football out of 60? I mean, is that is that feel about right to you? That's uh, that's about what I felt. And it was <laughs> it was that five minute stretch. In the third quarter, where they got two picks, including KJ Wright, you know, speaking of five and oh, you got number five oh getting the one-handed pick. And oh, yeah. so you have that in there. You have the the SWAT out of Kirk Cousins' hand, uh, the fumble that goes to KJ, which should have given him a touchdown if the Correct. refs don't blow it dead. And yeah, man, KJ was all over it. Uh, now that I think about it in that yeah. particular, it was five minutes of the game. And then the final two minutes where Russ took him down for the game winning drive. And that was the most exciting points of this game for the team. It's what, you know, sometimes you got to grit out a win and the just, you just, usually it's on the road for us. And you know, it's like, all right, then you get back on the plane. And like, who cares? We got the W, but it's just one of those, like the, the NFL at this moment for me is like twofold. Did you win? Awesome. Check the box. Did you not suffer any, you know, crazy ass injuries? Awesome. That's like, okay, then your win's like a two X. So we're five and oh, we didn't suffer any crazy ass injuries. It's, it's, I'm feeling double good going to this, into this bye week feeling real good. But before, before we get all resting on our laurels, Brandon, there's one thing we got to do. We know our one rule, but now we have this, this, this extra, this extra guideline, this like this guiding light we like to do. We call it the brand in. When we win, you get to do a little dealer's choice and, and choose your favorite in. 
And this is my favorite part of the show now. So what do you got? All right, Clinton. You know, I think Travis Homer fans are again going to be disappointed here. But you know what? Homer got the article up on field goals about his block on fourth and 10, which allowed Russell to go deep to DK. So I feel like that's covered. The one guy, though, that I have not seen given much shine at all after this game is my guy, Ethan Posick. And so I'm going to a play where right after Kirk Cousins was picked off by KJ Wright, the Seahawks have the ball on the 29-yard line, and they're up 14-13. Russell Wilson turns, hands off to our guy, Chris Carson, Mm -hmm. and it's Ethan Posick getting to the second level and blocking the Minnesota Vikings star linebacker, Eric Kendricks. It's, it's Posick, and you can even throw Greg Olson in there too because they sealed off that backside to where Carson, when he saw that there was nothing going to the right, he cuts back, takes that backside running lane, does the, the whirly bird with Harrison Smith, and gets in the end zone. But I am giving big credit on that play to Ethan Posick for, a, for mauling their star linebacker on that play. Oh, I couldn't love, couldn't love that more, Brandon. That's, that's fantastic because it's the beautiful parts of, of the crannies and the nooks and the whole thing already is that, you know, it's kind of like a misdirection in the sense that all eyes on that player on Carson, right? All of that's, he makes the great cutback. He's got the pirouette. Smith tries to arm tackle him and he just pirouettes powerhouse style out of that. And then and he sprints to the end zone. I love the way he finished that run too. I almost wish he had like, you know, another 70 yards to go. Cause he would, he would have just like, I'm about to say Bo Jackson style, but we're Seahawks fans, so I probably should avoid that. But he would have just kept on motoring. But you bring up Posick there, and that's beautiful because now I want these are the things where I want to go back and watch that again and just kind of dive into that play by Posick. Hey, man, Posick has been, we're, again, we're 5 and 0 for a reason. Posick has become this dude that he's just kind of like workman. You don't hear too much about him. All you do later is look at a good PFF grade, and all you do later is see that. Russ, for the most part, had, you know, some good, clean pockets. Yes, there was more pressure this week. We saw that. It's also a crappy day out there. You know, like sometimes for Russ, it's like, hey, I'm only crappy when it rains until until it really matters, right? But Posick has just been doing his job five weeks in a row now. And it just it, it's a, be- a beautiful pull by you. Very glad you bring him up and very deserved. And by the way, I think when we get to the from, from the flock section, we're going to hear a little bit more about about you know about Travis Homer too because I know some of the flock were coming up with that. Let's get to it. All right, one one last pit stop, a real quick pit stop before we get to the from the flock section. I want to award this week's MVC. This this is a good one. So listen, I'm going Brandon. I love yours. Last week I think I gave you know I gave the MVC to your to your Brandon because it was so it was so darn so darn delicious. However, I'm going back to my man David Moore. That first one we talked about, the say hey play, the punt return, such a big moment in the game that turns the beat around. That is the most valuable cranny of week number five. Congrats, David Moore. We're going to send you something to put in your locker. We know you're going to love it. The MVC to David Moore, even with that pass where, you know, he had the opportunity to put this team up 28-19 in the end zone, which got to hold on to those, man. I mean, it would, that would have been an incredible catch, right? It would so have been. I, was, I expect it, it, him to make those incredible catches now. Have we not seen incredible catches week after week by David Moore? 
You crushed me last week for saying that I wanted the same thing from DK. You <laughs> crushed me. I expect DK to make the, the, the exceptional catches. And yes, I expect it from more too. He still gets the MVC. However, now he now used up he him. used up his brilliant catch on a, a special teams punt return, and that's fair enough, I suppose. That's a beautiful catch unto itself, and maybe even a little harder, to be honest, with in those circumstances as we talked about. We're gonna hustle on over to from the flock. Listen, like we talked about last time, this is like good, you know, too much, too much pitching in baseball, which is a beautiful thing. We are getting uh, you know, hammered in in the best way possible with tons of contributions. They're coming in from Twitter. They're coming in from the Discord. They're coming in from the Seahawkers pod ring of honor. And we we couldn't be happier about the overload of amazing ins and outs. Brandon, before we hop to the to the flock, why don't you tell people how they can get involved so that if they want to uh, just, you know, pile on the goodness, they sure can do it. How do they, how do they do it? Yeah, you can get involved by going to getintheflock.com with a $3 donation. You can join our Discord group and chat with us on game day every single Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whatever day the game happens to land on. That's where we are on game day. And if you get in at 12, 12 or above, we got the Facebook group, the Ring of Honor group that we call it, and we chat there just about daily. So getintheflock.com and you can join us there. Very nice. And, you know, in this in this Corona environment that we're in hey there's games on mondays there might be a game on tuesday so you know this pretty much football every single day which you know maybe is secretly nfl probably what they wanted after all this anyway it's like they'll just keep saturday for college and then lo and behold every other day we'll have nfl and goodell will just sit there and monty burn style and you know and uh and and clap his little fingers his way and piles of money I think yeah, more money, but, but Hey, that's, that's, that's okay. Hey, his money does not take away my ability to make money, nor does it take away our ability to celebrate from the flock. So let's dive in with our favorite section right now. Let's kick this off. Clinton with Brian Delude. He gives his first in to Demontre Moore. He had the forced mm-hmm. fumble on cousins and the, my favorite play. Well, at least one of my favorite plays from the game, him blowing up a kick returner. And when you see when you're a kick returner and you see a big number 99 barreling down you, you know, you're not going to get hit soft. Uh, But he also has a play in here. He says uh, equally as important as the fourth down stop, he and Mayoa kept Thielen from getting the first on third down. You know, that that takes me back to an out for me. Ryan Neal on the day had four missed tackles. And I know we've been talking, giving Ryan Neal some big props, but he he missed that tackle where it felt like he also took out Quandre Diggs, who should have also had Thielen probably for a five yard loss before that fourth down play. So I, I did want to at least call out Ryan Neal for some of the missed tackles. He had another one, too, earlier on in the game it was probably mm-hmm. one of the biggest whiffs of the game where it was a toss out to Dalvin Cook on the right. And he probably should have got him for. At least, uh, you know, a loss or a one yard gain. Instead, Dalvin Cook gets 10 yards. And uh, and yeah, so I don't know why Brian's uh, in for Demontre Moore turned into an out for Ryan Neal for me on this. But uh, thanks to Brian. It was it was on it was on your heart is is what it sounds like to me. And that particular play, I'll start with Neil and I'll bring it back to Brian real quick. But that particular play, Diggs does his job extraordinarily well. Right. He just keeps keeps setting the edge. He gets outside so that the safety can come up and and lay a lick and Neil just misses him. And then they do get that cleanup, though, by the guys. 
But and back to more, you know what? Again, Brian, good job. I, I like what we're seeing from these from this front four, from this rotation. We are getting pressure. We're causing things with like you know these unsung heroes. And once again, Mayo is standing out, and Moore had a good game. So Brian, good job bringing that to us. Speaking of good jobs, J.C. Schilling, we talked about this, just we hinted at it a little bit, but he talks about got to be the number one in this week, and he's talking about Travis Homer's block on that fourth and 10 floater down the left-hand side, the DK. If you did, if you just did, you know, if you, if you, once again, if you're watching the game, all eyes are on DK, we get that, the love potion number nine already, but Travis Moore is all the way over off of Dwayne Brown's hip. He's on, he's on the left-hand side of the line. He has to quickly Zoot Scoot Riot, all, first of all, recognize where the blitz is coming from. Zoot Scoot Riot all the way across and, and, and then sacrifice his body just to like get in the way of the blitzer, which gave Russ just a second to step up, throw the floater, lovely ball. And of course, we're moving on 5-0. and so, so JC, lovely ball to you. Good job. Derek Williamson on Twitter at Derek W0. He gives an end to no serious injuries today and a bye week to mend those boo-boos especially, you know, seeing Dak go down and some other injuries in the league. You, you realize just how quickly a season can change for your team. And yes, so to go into the bye week now to give Jamal Adams a couple weeks to heal up, you know, Jordan Brooks, he could be on his way back too. it'd be nice to see our first round pick out there uh, on a day where uh, Patrick Queen, the guy who was taking one pick behind him, had such a yeah. big day in the NFL. Uh, we need to see Jordan Brooks back out there. Now, let's make this a game between him and, and Queen. Yeah, Patrick Queen's been showing up and showing out. So that one's that one's starting to sting a little bit. Uh, you know, Dylan Perucci also out on Twitter, also called out Travis Homer's block. So I just want to say good job there. Also, Chris Brubaker on the Seahawkers pod was also in love with the Travis Homer block. So the flock was all over this. Also had an out, though, from Chris saying, Trey Flowers for getting beat and then adding with the personal foul. So if you remember that helmet to helmet, just it was just a bad play. He got beat, you know, fairly deep, maybe like 12 yards or so. Gives gives up a first down. What what else is new, unfortunately, with Trey? And then he brings his helmet, which I'm usually a big fan of, but directly into the Vikings helmet and, you know, an easy 15-yard flag. And that was the start of the momentum shift back to the Vikings. So, Chris, good job calling the out on Trey. Listen, we got the bye week. Let's get healthy. We want Trey to be better at the same time. We don't want him on the field all that much at this point. Garen Taylor giving the in to KJ Wright, saying KJ playing better than Bobby this year. And that's saying something. And that was nice to see. You know, it just kind of occurred to me as we were talking, Clinton, just the the interception being there for the the right on top of the fumble by Cousins that he probably should have had a scoop and score on. And yep. yeah, it feels like he is making plays at a bigger clip this year than our you know future Hall of Fame linebacker, Bobby Wagner. You know, could be Rabbit, could be. I mean, he's, he's had more of maybe the standout plays, and he's been darn good. Listen, we are, we've been, what is, what is this now going on? Seven, eight years, you know, of, of being blessed with two of the best linebackers that have been teammates this entire time. These guys are good. These guys are good. And KJ, you know, two years ago was like, well, KJ's probably done. He was really good last year and he's playing really good again this year and he's all over the ball. I love that too, Garen. You know, let's be, let's be frank here. What's not to love about Garen? Garen's a stand-up guy. Everybody likes Garen. Got to get his barbecue whenever you go through Idaho. Absolutely. And you know, if you are friends with the dude on Facebook, he has some of the most magnificent 
on the Rose, I believe he lives, he lives on a lake called the Rose, out there, just beautiful photography. Dude's living the baller life. Good for you, dude. And because he is living the life, Clinton, why don't we go to one of his outs, too? Garen says the entire first half. And listening to Pete Carroll mm-hmm. uh, on his interview on 710, him talking about how he pretty much took nothing out of that first half. So if the coach is taking nothing out of it, we're taking nothing out of it, too. It goes in Garen's out column. Yeah, DCH had a similar out here, too, all about ball, ball control. So DCH came in and said, you know, couldn't get any long sustaining drives going to basically get the, the the balance of power with time of possession. We talked about that a bit earlier. We played good for about five and a half, six minutes tops and still won the game. So yeah, man, that's, that's, it's, it's a quality out by DCH real quick by Schmick. Also, he says out, not getting the stop on fourth down on the opening drive. Yeah. You know, Vikings came out, they were a little desperate and they played for the most part as a desperate team. And what do desperate teams do? Well, they just, they throttle it a bit, you know, they go at it. And the thing that I want to also point out here is, can we be past the point of deferring on the kickoff, Brandon? I do not think we're a good enough defense right now where we could defer on the kickoff and just hope to have the last, you know, last possession of the first half somehow, and then come out in the second, you know, second half with the ball and get a score. Why don't we do the opposite, seeing as this this year is just a bit different? Why don't we get the ball? If we win the coin toss, get the ball first, give it to Russ, and go up 7-0 on teams and put it down their throat early, get them out of their game plan. The Vikings almost won this game because they disrupted our game plan. The best way for us to do that versus any team is to just throttle Russ early and often. Stop with the deferrals. You win the friggin' toss, take the ball. Let's get an in from B-Wag's biceps. I, I'm glad we have Bobby's biceps hanging around yeah. in our Discord group. That's nice. B-Wag's biceps gives the in to our terrible defense being clutch AF in key moments. That's three games this year when the worst question mark defense in the league won the game in the final moments. And yeah, the, the defense coming up clutch in that moment. Bobby Wagner I think Mayo had something to do with that uh, that final tackle as well. And yes, just another play where the defense has an opportunity to come up clutch, and they do it thanks to B-Wag's biceps. Of course, those biceps are going to be checking in. If we're going to talk biceps, might as well talk John Ryan's face, right? Just go with this, the, the whole anatomy here. He had the in with the Barton stop. We talked about that. But he also has a nice in, says, a bye week to help Adams and Brooks get back on the field couldn't agree more because we're just we're seeing too much of that base defense. We're seeing too much of Barton. Man, let, let's let's get Brooks out there. From players' body parts to Freddie Swain's cat, we converted <laughs> on third down exactly zero times. That's an out and a big out. And Pro Football Talk they pointed out how I think it was the first time in two years that a team has actually won a game and not converted a single third down in the game. And do you know who that other team was? Is it the Eagles? No, Seahawks did it against the Cardinals in 2018. So this is, we just do these kind of things. It's just, it's interesting, but I want to just continue this. This is an amazing streak. We got body parts. We got, we got cats, kittens, dogs, and cats living together. We got left hand Dan in the discord. A big in surely has to be how quickly we turned around a 13 point deficit in the third quarter. He's right. That was, you talked about that. It was the, the five, you know, the, the magic, magic grits, right? Are you sure about those five minutes? We all sure were the 12s who had some magic grits for five minutes with the magic mittens by KJ because that was just a magical moment. Love that one, left-hand Dan. 
Got one from Leo in the Discord, and this one goes back to uh, the Seahawkers podcast and us talking about Daryl Bevel and his scribble plays. Uh, Leo says, not sure if that goes in or out, but Daryl Bevel's Spirograph playbook for Russ and Lockett with barely one minute to go is still efficient. Yeah, that was the no, 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 yes, 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 right? That was that was one of those where once we saw, you know, Russ just pivot backwards and start to, you know, just start turning around. The thing is, from our vantage point uh, watching the game, we also didn't know where that that right defensive end had gone. Mm-hmm. He kind of like went all like Atari 2600. He was off screen. <laughs> it's like, well, the dude's still there somewhere. We just didn't know where Yars' revenge is going to come from. But thankfully, he was washed out far enough. I think Brown just did a nice job washing him out. So that when when uh, Wilson had enough time, and then a beautiful, beautiful floater to my man, Tyler Lockett, who I want so much more of. I want a lot of Lockett. Did I say that earlier? We would all like more Lockett. Yeah, I think we might like more Lockett. Well, we want a little bit more from the flock because it is almost time to go. Brandon, you know, you got the brand in, but you're so darn good at pulling these crannies out. Why don't you take the last, the last from the flock that you want to end this on and make it a banger? Go at it. Well, why don't we close it out? I'll, gi- I'll give it a co-in because nice. Schmick at Mickey Swank on Twitter and Hong Kong Hawk had a very similar thoughts into the closing in. And Schmick says in for Russell's unwavering faith in this team. It's unreal to have this guy on the Seahawks. And of course, Hong Kong Hawk, we start with a juicy, delicious five and oh for the first time ever. Russell cooking MVP. Beautiful, beautiful way to head into a bye week, isn't it? You know, 5-0 and for the most part, pretty darn healthy. Divisional games coming up. Jamal Adams coming back. Brandon, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about this season. I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about this season. And I'm looking pretty forward good. to, yeah, pretty, pretty good. Looking, looking forward to a week off and maybe watching some, uh, some other rivals, you know, battle it out, maybe lose a game or two. That'd be pretty lovely as well. You got anything special planned for the, uh, for this little, little bye week? Oh, for the bye week. Well, see, I, on my Sunday night, I have everything just laid out, uh, prepared for my living room because Sunday night football. We get the 49ers, we get the L.A. Rams. So we know on Sunday night next week, we're going to have an in-division loss. And we don't know who yet, but we know we're going to get one. And that's just going to make the end of next weekend all the nicer. Brandon, not only do we get a Sunday night delight with one of those teams, you know, taking an L unless it's some stupid tie, but then... We follow it right up Monday night with the Red Rifle led and the Dalton Dallas Cowboys America's team, baby, going against the lowly, stupid Kingsbury Arizona Cardinals. So, yeah, even even though this is, I mean, this is forever in our favor. We get the bye week. We could go do the family stuff all day Sunday. We could probably do it on Tuesday because there'll probably be some COVID game. But Sunday night football, we care about it. Monday Night Football, we care about it. And you know what? I like when I care about stuff. I love it. It's going to make it a lot easier for me to root for the Cowboys against the Cardinals with Tristan Hill now sidelined for the year. I'm not going to say I'm bummed about it, but uh, I'm going to say that, yes, I, I will be able to root for the Cowboys now. Instant karma is going to get you and it's going to it's going to hit you right in the face. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>